Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Knoll Sports Podcast. My name is Jack Williams here with Essen Kasim. And yeah, we're rolling into another week of Florida State Athletics, and we're going to kick it off with probably the biggest game, one of the biggest games this week. Soccer's playing a big game this week as well, but you know, one that's a fan favorite every year. It's a rivalry, and it's coming to Tallahassee. Um, it's FSU Miami once again. Um, and you're here in the podcast that we did, Essen did, excuse me, I had to jump out to do some soccer interviews, but um, Essen did a interview with Adam Lichtenstein from the Sun Sentinel. Um, Essen, could you preview a little bit of what we're going to hear in the podcast? Yeah, no, I talked to Adam about just how Miami season's gone so far. They've had an interesting season, you know, start a season with a win against A&M, Texas A&M that is, um, beat Clemson a couple weeks ago, but then you have a loss to Georgia Tech, you have a loss to Virginia, NC State, sorry, NC State. Yes. NC State, so it's been a weird year for Miami, to say the least. I mean, the loss against UNC was not surprising. I think Adam, we'll get to it, but um, talk about Adams. Like, if you told him in September they'd be 6-3, he'd be like, okay, so I could see where the three losses are, you know, Florida State, UNC, and Texas A&M. So where the losses have come, it's been a little bit of a surprise, but we talked a good deal about that. He made his prediction for the game. We will make our predictions for the game after. Um, surprise, surprise, spoiler alert. He yeah. does not pick Miami to win. <laughs> but, yeah, we will get to that. Here is our interview with him, and um, it went really well, so check it out, guys. Welcome, Adam Lichtenstein, on with us. And, um, Adam, you know, you just mentioned you were planning on coming up for this game and obviously cannot because you tested positive for COVID, you know. But it would have been a fun game, yeah. but, you yeah. know, what are you expecting from this it. game? Yeah, I, I've never seen a game at the Dope, so I was looking forward to going up there and, uh, I guess I'll just be watching on TV, but I'm expecting I'm expecting an FSU win. Um, you know, Miami's been really having a hard time lately, and uh, we'll see if, we'll see if they can bounce back. I don't think it's impossible, but we'll see what happens. Definitely, it's, you know, we'll start off. We'll get the predictions later on, but um, Miami season so far has been a roller coaster. You know, start off the season with that win over A and M, have the win over Clemson, but in between that Georgia Tech game and um, UNC was a little more interesting, and then NC State last week. What has it been like this year? Um, it's been been a strange year because, like, if you had told me, you know, September first that the Hurricanes would be six and three coming into this game, I'd say, yeah, that sounds about right. Um, I would have expected those losses to be Clemson and A and M and UNC, and not UNC, Georgia Tech, and uh, NC State. So uh, it's been a strange year because, like, there are some games where Miami's looked amazing. They look great against Texas A and M. Um, they, they looked pretty good against Clemson, even though Tyler Van Dyke was hurt. Uh, didn't play that game. Like they looked all right for basically three quarters against UNC. Like they've had moments where they've looked really good, and then they've had times where they've looked really bad. Uh, maybe the worst being against NC State last week, where uh, they didn't even score a touchdown. So um, yeah, it's definitely roller coaster is a way to describe it. Like you know, me and some other reporters were talking, you know, a month ago. Does this team have the chance, a chance to go to the ACC title game uh, and maybe even make the playoff? And now we're like, is this team going to finish 7-5? and five? Yeah, I mean, that's been an interesting um, dynamic. Uh, Mario Cristobal's second year. I know he he used the word, the term rebuild a lot more this year during ACC meetings. Um, thought, found that interesting because I know last year he didn't want to use that word this year. He used it a little bit more. Did you guys feel like it was a rebuilding year? Or was there high expectations for UM coming into this year? Um, I think at the beginning of the season, it kind of felt like, you know, part of a rebuild. Um, I definitely thought the team would be better this year than they were last year. I definitely expected them to improve. Um, and then, like I said, you know, earlier in the year, I, I thought this team, after they started off strong, had the chance to go 10-2. and two, And, you know, that would be a huge step forward. Uh, now I think it'll only be a decent step forward um, and just be, a, you know, part of a rebuild. Um you know, we'll see how they finish the year and how how they you know close out and if they recover from some rough games, uh, how far they've come in rebuilding like a team culture. But um, yeah, he's Mario's. You know, after things started going poorly last year, the word rebuild came up more and more. Uh, you know, as he I guess kind of realized that they were lacking in more ways than he maybe originally thought. Um, I think this year they've addressed a lot of that and they've played. You know, parts of the team have played exceptionally well. Um, the offensive line comes to mind first, where they've been fantastic this year. Uh, and that's Mario Cristobal's thing. He's a former offensive lineman. He coaches the offensive line. Uh, they definitely rebuilt that. Um, other things are still coming along a little more slowly. 
Yeah, it's um, been an interesting season for sure. I mean, um, and I know there's going to be some talk about it because it's a school in Florida. Teams don't have patience. We try to be a little more nuanced, but Mario Cristobal is not in the hot seat, right? No, absolutely not. Um, one, because it's going to take some time to get this team back to where they want it to be, you know, uh, competing for ACC titles, you know, with an expanded playoff next year, competing for playoff spots. Uh, so on the, on the on the team, like the actual on-field stuff, no, he's not on the hot seat. And even if he was, um, Miami's a private school, so I don't know the exact contract details. Um, that's not been made public, but I assume the buyout uh, is is pretty big. So I don't think at uh, any time soon he'll be on the hot seat. Yeah, that's fair. That's, I think it's a little like, you know, we hear the rumblings. We heard about Norvell over here for a while. He turned the program year forward. They're a college football playoff contender. You know, we hear the rumblings that um, Billy Napier in Florida year two. People need to have patience. Coaches, like, you know, you see a Kirby Smarter, Nick Saban. Look how long it took Dabble to build Clemson back up. So, you know, I think people need to stress nuance a little bit more than, you know, it's fans, so can't expect that. But one yeah, play... Yeah, there are, definitely, there, are definitely some Miami, there are definitely some Miami fans who are, like, who are out on him right now. But I think I think Mike Norvell is the perfect example why you have to have patience because people were out on him after two years. They had some really bad losses. Uh, Jacksonville State comes to mind. Like, they looked really bad his first couple of years, and now they're, like you said, they're a... A playoff contender, you know, they're top four team in the country, so it's the perfect example of where, where you want to be when you're rebuilding a team. Definitely. Now, um, one person player that might be on the hot seat, Tyler Van Dyke. You know, I think I was reading 11 turnovers in the past four starts, um, including three against, was it three or four against NC State? Uh, four against NC State, three picks and one fumble. What's been going on with him? Because, like you mentioned, I think it's no coincidence that Miami struggled the last few games after t- when Tyler Vendek is not playing his best. Is that fair? Oh, no, that that's 100% fair. Like, that's the reason. I mean, like, defense, like, just use the NC State game uh, as an example. The defense played lights out. Uh, I think at the end of the third quarter, um, NC State had, like, 135 total yards of offense and uh, 10 points, um, and they didn't, you know, really kind of pull away until Miami failed to score from inside the five-yard line. And, you know, they went on a 97-yard drive in the fourth quarter and so on and so forth. You know, you can watch that game to see what happened. But, yeah, no, Tyler, he's been struggling. He is looks just so out of sorts right now. Um, I think part of it might be injury, though he says he's fine. Um, he sat out the Clemson game with an injury after getting uh, hit hard, like in the leg against UNC. Um, but, yeah, he, he looked – Good against UNC for the most part, not perfect, but decent after having a bad game against Georgia Tech. And then the last two weeks against Virginia and uh, NC State, he's looked looked lost. Uh, whether that's an injury, partly the injury. Uh, Shannon Dawson, the offensive coordinator, says he thinks Tyler's trying to do too much and and force balls into windows that maybe he shouldn't. Um, it, it, a confidence thing, like it it might just be kind of a mix of everything, but he is having probably. The worst stretch of his career. Uh, yeah, it's, it's 10 picks in the last four games. I think there were two lost fumbles in that time period, too. Like, I know there's at least one, so it might be 11, it might be 12, but he just looked uh, just kind of lost the last two weeks, especially. It's, it's, you know, the question of whether they make a change, like Mario Cristobal didn't really rule it out. Um, you know, he, when I asked him about it on Monday, I asked, cause he said on the, he has a radio interview on Monday mornings where he said, when asked about the situation, he said, like, they're always assessing. They're always assessing everything. So I asked him Monday afternoon, like, does that mean you're assessing and whoever has the best weekend practice will start? Or is it more business as usual um, with Tyler, you know, being the number one quarterback in practice? And it's kind of like, he straight up said, I'm not going to answer that publicly in a press conference, which is his prerogative, obviously. Uh, so I-, I think it's more likely than not that Tyler starts, but I wouldn't be shocked if we end up seeing a uh, freshman Emory Williams maybe even sophomore Jakari Brown um, kind of has gotten passed on the depth chart by Emory. Um, but we'll see. We'll see on Saturday because uh, he's not if, – if he's making a change of quarterback, it's uh, not going to be public info until Saturday afternoon. Right, right. And if I remember saying correctly, um, Tyler Van Dyke started last year against Florida State in Miami. Um, he should not have played in that game in my opinion. Like he, he could – pregame, I think we, I talked to you before pregame, like 
he could not throw the ball over his shoulder. He did not look good. He goes out there and was abused by the uh, Jared Verse and, you know, the Florida State um, um, defensive line. And then the Ja'Cory Brown came in. Well, he had some, like, he was a freshman last year, but he had some good plays that, like, flash potential. So I, I um, honestly, I exited that game and like, okay, this guy could be a future. I thought Taylor Van Dyke was then at Florida, I mean, at Miami. Um, he came back surprisingly. Um, but it's been interesting, obviously, Tyler. Um, would you say if Tyler Van Dyke does start, would it be a short leash probably if, you know, he throws a pick in the first quarter? Um, it's hard to say. Like, uh, Shannon Dawson's kind of talked the last two weeks that he doesn't want players playing scared. He doesn't want them playing, like, they think that if they make one mistake, uh, they'll get taken out. Um, so I think unless it, unless it's bad, bad, I, I don't see them starting Tyler and then taking him out if he struggles a little bit. But, you know, you can't rule anything out. Like, if he's if it's the second quarter and Tyler throws his second pick of the game or – you know, depends on you know maybe depends on the type of interception. If it's a, you know, if he's hit as he throws and the ball kind of floats up and he gets picked, that's one thing. If if he throws directly to a cornerback in coverage, that's another. And that might be dependent on the situation, but um, I don't know if they would put him in the start and then take him out. Because uh, if he's, I mean, I think he is banged up, but I think a lot of players are banged up at this point in the schedule. Um, but if they're going to play him, I think they're going to play him uh, unless it gets disastrous. Right, that makes sense, and. It'd be interesting to see because Jacoby Brown's um, look like a nice, at least a change of pace player who could come in and run the ball a little bit, especially if Fendick's not 100%. But obviously, I've not followed Miami as close this year. It feels like every time they play, it's around the same time as a Florida State game. So, <laughs> how it usually goes. Jacoby, yeah. we've been kind of waiting to see if he'll uh, come in kind of like, like, a, like a change of pace, like come in, add a threat in the running game. Um, because whatever struggles he's had passing the ball sometimes, um, he can definitely run, and we haven't seen that at all this year. He hasn't gotten on the field. Um, Emory Williams has been the backup, came in for mop-up duty against weaker teams, uh, started in Tyler's place against Clemson. So, you know, Jakari is definitely third on the depth chart, but and they've indicated they want a redshirt in this year. Um, but now he can play without fear of burning the redshirt because, you know, only three games in the regular season plus a full game left. So he can play in every game and still keep his redshirt. So, we might see it. Um, you know, I, I think Shannon Dawson wants to play that a little close to the vest. Uh, I asked him about it, I think, on, on Monday, and he didn't really say either way. So that could be something in store for FSU, um, but I don't know for sure. Yeah, that, that makes sense. You know, um, obviously, Miami does have some weapons. Um, Xavier Restapro? Restrepo. Restrepo. There we go. Um, obviously, dangerous in the return game, a really good receiver. Um Mark Fletcher has come on the last couple of weeks as a freshman. I know he was highly sought after by Florida State, Florida. He picked Miami. And there's a couple other backs you guys um, that Miami has. Um, what does that offense present, regardless of who the quarterback is? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it kind of it depends, on, depends on how the quarterback is playing because the receivers were off to really good starts, too, until, you know, until Tyler started to struggle. Um, Xavier Restrepo, like you said, he's been very good. Him and Tyler Van Dyke have an incredible relationship. Uh, they've been roommates for a couple of years. I don't think they are now, but they were for a couple of years. Um, and he's he's a dangerous uh, guy in the slot, very good route runner. Doesn't have like the, the like he. A lot of times you think of like a great slot receiver. You think of a guy who's small and fast. And Xavier is not like exceptionally fast, but he's just a great route runner, has good hands, and just can make plays. Um, they got Colby Young and Colby George uh, out wide at receiver. Um, Colby Young is tall, six four, six five. Uh, and has surprising speed for a tall guy. Um, he's very talented. Jacoby George has really come alive this year, um, had a really solid season. I think he leads the team in touchdown catches, but uh, I'm going to have to top my head on that. I'm not 100% right. sure. Um, and, and then at running back, I mean, like, like you said, Mark Fletcher, big-time freshman. Um, I covered him in high school. Um, he was excellent as a high schooler. He's basically linebacker-sized. He's like 6'2", 230, uh, and a really hard runner. Made his first start uh, of the season last week. Had a really good game, 115 or so yards. Um, nearly scored the touchdown. Nearly got in uh, on probably the key play of the game, but got stopped short by NC State. But um, he's a really good back. Uh, he's shown some promise. The, uh, Miami's other backs are, are all kind of dinged up. Um, Henry Parrish Jr., Don Chaney Jr., AJ Allen, um, all bring you know solid skill sets, but they're all kind of banged up right now. I mean, like uh, they've been kind of limited in their touches the last few weeks. Um, A.J. Allen didn't play last week, but Mario Cristobal said um, 
He should be ready to go uh, this week. Uh, if you remember about two weeks ago, if you saw, uh, A.J. Allen made this incredibly acrobatic uh, touchdown run against Virginia where he just hurdled a guy uh, for a 26-yard touchdown. And uh, really, really nice run. I appreciate it. I, I, everyone should kind of look that up and watch it, although I'm sure it wouldn't bring a lot of joy to FSU fans. But uh, their running backs are, are talented. If they're healthy, they're, they're a really good room. But right now, they're all kind of dinged up. Definitely. And um, looking at, you know, Miami on the opposite side, uh, Miami's defense, you know, been solid. I know the safety room and um, the secondary was really touted before the season. Um, but I see that against the run, they've held up well, you know, eighth in the eighth in, in college football. What are the strengths of this defense? What do they do well? And what where can they give? Because Florida State struggled to run the ball this year. They established a run lot. I think half their yards last week against Pittsburgh came on the Trey Benson 55-yard touchdown run. So is that where Miami can um, get Florida State off the field, like, you know, by stopping a run game? Yeah, and I'm sure a lot of Miami fans would love to hear that FSU is struggling with the run game this year after uh, after FSU just ran counter after counter after counter last year. Uh, but, yeah, the run defense has been very good. Um, the defensive line's been really banged up. Actually, Miami is down two starters at defensive end because um, Akeem Mesador and uh, Nigel Lee Kelly are both out for the year. So they've been playing a lot of Ruben Bain um, at, at defensive end. Jared Harrison Hunt's got a lot of time. And Jafari Harvey, who's a veteran, has also got a lot of time at end. And then up the middle, they've got um, a couple of really good defensive tackles in, in Branson Dean and uh, Leonard Taylor, who were having solid years. And the linebacker core has been playing really well. Uh, uh, Kiko Maui-Noa, uh, the older brother of five-star offensive lineman Francis, Francis Maui-Noa, um, is having a great, great season as a middle, middle linebacker after transferring in. Um, Corey Flagg, Wesley Besaint, uh KJ Coyd, another transfer, have also all been playing. Just everyone's been playing really solid in that, in that front. Um, and they've been very good, like you said, at stopping the run. So um, that'll be definitely tough for FSU to do. Um, the issue that I can see happening this week, um, while Miami's secondaries played very well, uh, they're also, like I said, kind of like every position group, dealing with injuries. Uh, Jade, both Jaden Davis and Daryl Porter, who were uh, Miami's starting corners, left the NC State game with injuries. Uh, Mario Cristobal said Jaden Davis is fine. He said they're optimistic about Daryl Porter. Uh, we'll see who ends up starting, uh, you know, on Saturday. But um, they, they've both been very solid this year. I think kind of surpassing expectations. Uh, the guys behind them are a pair of brothers, Defonte and Damari Brown. Uh, they got a lot of playing time against NC State. And overall, we're solid. Uh, Damari Brown's a very talented freshman. Uh, Devonte is a solid transfer from UCF. They've been – they haven't got as much playing time as I really expected this year because – just because Jaden Davis and Daryl Porter have been playing so well. And then – you know, you look at safeties, James Williams and Cam Kitchens are both great players. Kitchens is coming off an All-American season. Uh, he's got four picks this year. Uh, James Williams is one of the harder hitters I've ever seen, um, especially at Miami. Like, he, he can just run through guys. He's 6'5 and, like, 220. Uh, I get hit really hard. So, um, the talented guys, you know, really, really good defense all around. And, and that's going to be, in my opinion, uh, Miami's best chance at, at winning this game. you got to make it ugly, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. But, yeah, I mean, so getting to, you know, what does Miami need to do to pull off this upset? Is it just avoid turnovers, play defense? Like, what do they have to do to have a chance to win this one? Well, those are, yeah, you, you said, those are two big, big things. They can't turn the ball over four times, and the defense needs to have their best game of the year. Even if they've been playing great, um, you know, in ACC play, they're they're really doing a good job. Uh, they need to play out of their minds because FSU has a great offense. Um very difficult to stop Jordan Travis, Trey Benson, and those receivers that FSU has, uh, you know. But if they can do it, they can stay in the game, as long as they're not making stupid mistakes or turning the ball over, regardless of who's playing quarterback. They can they can stick with this game. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked if, you know, we look up, and it's the end of the third quarter, and FSU is up, like, 20-13 to 13 or something like that uh, in, a close, in a game that's closer than people might expect. Like, that wouldn't shock me at all. Definitely. That's, I mean, it's a rival game. The records get thrown out. What you did past week does not matter. It's you know, it's about the game. And like I think last year, Florida lost to Vandy, and then came in and gave Florida State a tough time. So anything's possible, you know, in a rivalry game. Because I'm sure, I am sure, and I'm not sure of how much it's come up this week, but there has to be some embarrassment from that team from last year for that how they lost to Florida State at home. Is that right? Yeah, and I mean, when I've asked players about exactly that, and they said all the right things that like. Yeah, we want to get back at you know back for that, but we're focused on this year, et cetera, et cetera. But 
you lose 45 to three at home to your rival and get blown out of your own stadium like that. Like, I feel like that's got to stick with you just as a person. Like, you can only tune it out so much. And maybe use it as motivation and not a distraction. I'm sure it's in some of their minds, but they said all the right things as far as like we're focused on this year and things like that. Definitely, um, Adam. Let's get your prediction. Um, I think it's gonna be. I think 35-13 Miami. Or sorry, 35-13 FSU. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> be clear. Clarification. 35-13 FSU. Um, like I said, I really wouldn't be surprised if, you know, late in the second half, we're sitting here thinking Miami has a, still has a good shot at this game. The defense plays well and holds FSU in check. And then it just kind of ends up being too much for them in the end. And maybe FSU gets a late touchdown or two. But um, I, I do think FSU is going to pull away from this one, even if it stays close for a while. I just Miami's offense the last few weeks has just been really, really dreadful. Um, you know, even against Virginia – they only score, and Virginia's had an okay season. Like, they've had a couple of good games, like against UNC and Miami, but like, they scored two rushing touchdowns in that game, and one of them was in overtime. Uh, and then they relied on field goals. And then last week, you know, two field goals, no touchdowns, out of sync on offense. Even when they were running the ball, they were running the ball well, but not like amazing. Uh, not enough to carry, you know, carry the team. I just don't know where the, unless they can fix the quarterback situation, whether it's, you know, Tyler Van Dyke playing well. Or Emory Williams, you know, having a great game if he plays. I just don't know where they're going to get all these get enough points from to outscore FSU. Definitely. Um, I appreciate your time, Adam. If you can, you tell our um, listeners where you can find you on yeah, social you media and um, yeah, Go yeah. You, you can read all my work uh, at sunsentinel.com. Uh, you can follow me on. Uh, I guess we're calling it X now. Whatever. It's still Twitter <laughs> uh, at a a b Lichtenstein. Uh, I'm on all the Twitter clones. Threads, Blue Sky, whatever. So um, you can follow me on social media, lots of different places, but uh, X is where I'm probably most active. Thank you. Um, once again, Adam Lichtenstein from the Sun Sentinel does a great job of covering Miami Hurricanes. I think you also cover um, some high school still or no? Um, I've gone to a few high school games this year. I do a little bit of heat sometimes, helping out kind of wherever they want me to go. But whenever they say go here, I go there and cover whatever they need. That definitely. Jack of all trades, thanks for coming on. All right, everyone. So we're back to me and just Essen now. <laughs> Hope you enjoyed the interview. But yeah, we'll go over kind of our thoughts, our final thoughts about the Miami game coming up. Um, you guys have got a lot of good material from Adam and you know, what he's offering at Essen from our side. But um, yeah, we'll start off. I guess, Essen, how are you feeling about this game so far? I think we both feel pretty good about Florida State. Um, we were talking about this earlier. Um, you know, they're about as close to healthy as they've been all year. They look like they're, you know, locked in. They are. There was a lot of energy at practice today, and control energy. I think that's something Norval pointed out. They want to control the emotions. They want to make sure they're not getting being baited to do something stupid, where they would cost the team something. I think they have been smart about it. They've had the right emotions. I've liked what I've seen at practice so far. The energy's been good. We see a healthy Johnny Wilson, Keon Coleman today. Um, I don't know, maybe not healthy, but they've been looking, look, you know. Closer to 100%. Absolutely. They look good. Um, Jordan Travis is Jordan Travis. You know, he's playing the best football potentially of his career right now. And he's looking good against Miami. He always shines 14 14 a couple of years ago. <laughs> um, last year's 45 3 victory. So I like what I've seen Florida State so far this week. I 3 30 game, ABC broadcast. It's a rival game. Obviously, Miami's going to be motivated off 45, that 45 3 loss last year. They're going to be motivated off a 20-6 loss last week to NC State. But what do you got, Jack? What do you see this week? Yeah, I mean, like you said, I might be just be reiterating the same things that you said, but they just looked very confident, very good in practice. This is the offense and the defense that multiple times we've heard saying that they haven't played their best game yet. And, you know, we, we've taken that comment on both sides of, you know, what it is, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, um, you know, that, you know, this team is undefeated but they still haven't played their best game yet at the same time. Well, this team's undefeated and they haven't played their best game yet. Like both sides of it as well, but truly when watching practice today and just seeing the way everything was executed, especially from the offense, you know, throughout the entire season and in the fall camp, we really didn't see, you know, the offense really take off. Or It was always been kind of dictated by the defense a little bit early on. And then the offense really picked up today. It was really just the offense from start to finish that was really dictating practice. They look really good. Um, you know, you have your top two wide receivers are healthy for the first time since, um, I think, Syracuse, Virginia Tech. 
Syracuse, because I think Johnny Wilson started that Syracuse that, game. That was the game he exited. So the first time since Syracuse, um, everything just looks like it's kind of clicking with them right now. And we might, I, in my superstitious opinion and stuff like that, we might, this might be the first game that we see them, you know, play that the best game that they have all year. I truly think in front of that crowd, in that environment, with just the motivation, everything they're behind right now, this could be a great game for Florida State. And um, I I'm I feel like this is going to be a good win for them going forward. Um, yeah, from what I've seen so far, it's 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 going to be an exciting game for Florida State. I mean, and um, I think one thing that's interesting is we've heard Mike Norvell, Jordan Travis say, you know, it's about us. It doesn't like opponent doesn't matter. Blah 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 blah. Coach speak, player speak. We hear that all the time. It's been interesting this week when we talk to the players. They are they are saying Miami. They're saying they're excited about this game. They want to play this game. They understand that, like they're not shying away from how important this game is. Every, uh, you know, Florida State has a sizable number of players from the Miami area. They have a sizable number of people that grew up either on either side of the fan base. Mm. Um, Jordan Travis, you know, said he's not been a big fan of Miami for a while. So it's been interesting. You know, um, last year it was fun to watch Patrick Payton go home. Um, you know, he was breaking out last year. I believe he had a sack in that Miami game. He's been a fun player to see grow the past year. You know, Conrad Hussey. Um, from St. Thomas Aquinas. So there's some talent from the Miami area. So it means a lot to them because it's, you know, they're going to play against people, they um, against players they played against in high school or um, they played with at high school. So it's going to be fun. It's going to be a fun game. Mm-hmm. We'll see some interesting stuff, you know. Um, Jack's looking at the roster. Tatum Bethune. Yeah, we're running down everything right now. Tatum, Tatum Bethune went to Miami Central. Oh, God, I skipped over one right now here. Um, no, I guess I didn't. Okay. Um, Okay, you know, keep going down here. Keep going on the list of a lot of names. Um, Lamont Green Jr. is a um, legacy player. He hasn't played much as your freshman, but... From Miami, went to Gulliver Prep. Um, Maurice Smith went to Miami Central as well. Um, Emil, okay, we'll keep going, I guess. Um, Julian Amaro is a uh, backup offensive lineman. He's seen playing time this year different times, like in blowouts. Um, Kentron, Kentron, Miami, Palmetto, um, and then who else do we have here? Daniel Lyons has got some playing time this year. Went to Homestead in Dade County still. In Dade County, and then um, looked like the last one. Oh, they went to the same high school, and they Dante, graduated this same year. <laughs> Dante Anderson, teammate, you know, so a ton of talent from the Miami area. Um, so this game means a lot. It's mm-hmm. Florida State, Miami. It always means a lot. Right. Um, if I remember correctly, I think Miami leads all-time series by three right now. So it's close. Yeah, it's close. Fifteen. Oh, that's Georgia Tech. <laughs> um, let's. Oh, well, um, computer. Well, we'll pause on that for a second. We'll keep going. Difficulties. Um. Well, man. Well, let's see. It's the. There's. Might. Let's see if there's any people from Fort Lauderdale as well. Hakeem Williams is from Fort Lauderdale too, which is again we all know it's Broward County. That's just north of Dade, and then uh, Omar Graham. Um, Broward County. You know where I'm from. Went to Strand. <laughs> yeah, it's a went to Douglas, and then um. Yeah, there's um, just um, jumping around. There's a lot of obviously Florida State is a very Florida built program, very Florida built school. But um, yeah. S has got that record up, so I will stop stalling here. <laughs> Miami leads the series 35 32. Yeah, I, thought it was, I knew it was close with Florida State winning the last two. So Florida State could cut that lead down to two. They've won two in a row. That's crazy that their largest margins of victory are the same score. 47-0 Florida State in 1997, 47-0 Miami in 1976. That's unique. Neither of us were around for that year, 1976, obviously. I was going to say, it was, we were both born by 97, though. <laughs> yeah, we were both born for that other that, one. That but was yeah. the year I was born. But it's interesting, you know, they p- played each other since 1951. It doesn't uh, look like they played outside of uh, Miami or Tallahassee before either. There might be a loose thing in there, but mostly in Miami and Tell- yeah. Tallahassee. Well, the Orange yeah. Bowls down there, yeah. Yeah. Miami but, uh, Garden. 31-28 two years ago, 2021. 45 to 3 last year. Mm. Miami won two, three years ago, 2020, in a game that was a COVID season where Mike Norvell did not even get to go to the game because he got to, get to coach. Yeah. He didn't get to coach. I, I don't well, know. Yeah. Well, distantly. He, I don't think he coached, but I think he was in his basement just watching the game. So it was interesting. Mm. Um, but Miami, Florida State, always a fun game. Absolutely. Um, I'm looking forward to this one. I think the environment's going to be amazing. It's going to be fun to watch, you know. Mm. Especially when it's going to be packed. Like, the Duke game was you, you, amazing. I mean, we've heard so much about this rivalry all the time and stuff like that. And, you know, we obviously the, see the fans 
constantly interacting on all the platforms and just the rivalry of it is just exciting in its own self as well. So it's going to be fun to see. But um, I think we have some predictions next. I want to um, what's your what's your key to the game and give me one player you want oh, to watch out for. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, my key to the game. Um, that's a. Uh, uh, maybe I'll do my player to watch out for. My player to watch out for, honestly. I think they'll go out in there and say, I think I'm going to say Marquise and Douglas. Because he's the, I think I've seen a lot, they've done a lot with him lately, and he's been kind of a tricky player, too, that they've been, like, if they want to do something unique, he's usually involved in it as well. But in my opinion, it's such a tight, like, a such a, not a deep tight end room all the time as well. Marquise and Douglas has been kind of like the heartbeat of that throughout the season because he was there last year. And then you had Jaheim Bell and, um, uh, Kyle Morlock transferring now, um, but he's been really involved lately. I think he could have a really big impact here, and um, I think we could really you know see a lot of him as well. I think just the way he again, just the way he, how quickly he moves and how efficiently he moves when he's when he's that build and stuff like that is just unique in its own self. So I think he'll have an impact on today, not today, excuse me, when the um, Saturday when Saturday when the game comes up. I'm I'm sorry, y'all. All these days feel the same, honestly here, but. Um, well, you, I'm thinking of your key. I'll give you my player. Um, I'm yeah. going to pick, um, 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 I can speak, Lawrenceville, Philly, uh, mm-hmm. because Miami, uh, I mean, Adam, talk about this, is eighth in the nation against the run. Florida State has had, you know, issues getting a run game going a lot this year. So I think Philly's going to be involved in the screen game and the pass game a lot. And I think that's going to be the, the extension. Of the, their run game is probably going to be like a short passing game. That's what they're going to rely on. So I think um, Lawrence Stofilly is a perfect player for that. You know, mm-hmm. he's also coming off a game where he fumbled the ball. He left a few minutes earlier to look like an injury. He's been, you know, looking good in practice, and I just think his breakout game was about, you know, close. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I agree. I mean, he's he's a player who's been kind of knocking on the door and stuff like that. And um, you know, I think he's to your point too. I think he's getting very close mm-hmm. to having that big game. So this could be the big game for him as well. But um. My, I guess my key to get the game is um, kind of something that Norvell talked about as well and something he's been kind of reiterating throughout the season is um, they need to control their emotions in this game and like keep control of what they can, can control. A lot of football, a lot of time in any sports as well, like there's a lot of things you can and can't control. Emotions is going to be one of them, especially in a rivalry matchup like this as well. It can get very heated very quickly and you don't want to give Miami any room to get back into the game or have an edge in the game and stuff like that. So this team has been pretty disciplined throughout the entire year and stuff like that this is the first well i shouldn't say this is the first because we saw clemson but this is the first like big right like big traditional rivalry that we're seeing this season as well it's a dope there's a lot of emotions going on stuff like that i think they need to keep that intact because like in a game like this it could really it honestly could really hurt them and stuff like that so i think my key to the game is that you need to you know stay the course and stuff like that definitely definitely i agree with that i think um my key would be just you know avoid turnovers i think that's where with a t- t- team that's more talented, that's an equalizer. It could change the game right away, you know, especially if you have one or two bad plays, it swings the momentum, it changes the game. It puts the pressure on Florida State, where I think the pressure is more on Miami because they're coming in reeling right now. Um, Florida State's playing loose, relaxed. They don't let that happen. Um, but, yeah, I think that's a fair way of putting it. Um, Jack, what's your prediction? Yeah, um, let me remember what I said earlier. Um, I think I said forty-five. Is that the number? I said forty-five. I I said this off the fly, guys. There's so much life that goes on throughout the day and stuff like that. So uh, I said forty-five. I believe twenty-one was the score. I said. I believe that's what you said. Um, I I just think this is. A, I think this could be FSU's. I truly think this could be FSU's game. Like this could be this. I think this is going to be a big like. With, the, with everything going on the college football playoffs right now and stuff like that, and it being Miami and like stuff like that, I think this could be like a spotlight game for FSU, and I think it's going to be a big, fun afternoon slash yeah. night for them. I was not going to say night, but yeah. a big, fun day. It will extend into the day. That's, but, but it will extend into the day. Yeah, with, we'll the, have, with the help of daylight savings. Yes, that, <laughs> yes, that. Um, I will go 38, my, um, Florida State. Miami twenty. Okay, it's so a little bit closer. Yeah, um, fourteen half point is the um, you know the spread right now. Mm-hmm. According to fourteen half fourteen, depending where you look, um, I'm gonna say they cover and they went comfortably. But I'm not saying they went comfortably in the second half. But I think Miami keeps it close in the first half, makes it a little interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, like I mentioned, Lawrence Philly has a bigger game. I think he'll help do well. Mm-hmm. And I think Jordan Travis will have um, four touchdown passes. Really. Big day for Jordan. Big day for Jordan. He'll continue to keep his name 
in the Heisman talks. Um, but you know, we could move on now. Yeah, to football. 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 Fußball, as they say in German. We'll go to the pitch now. We'll go to the pitch now, sir. Um, but yeah, big football matchup coming up for uh, Florida State soccer on Friday. Um, taking on Moorhead State in the first round of the NCAA tournament. They're the first overall seed. They're the number one seed in their quadrant. I mean, they're coming off of their fourth straight ACC championship. They have not lost a game. You could not ask to be in a better position going into the NCAA NCAA tournament as well. They were uh, one of four uh, number one seeds alongside Clemson, BYU, and UCLA. Um, you know, when you think of those names, outside of Clemson, um, this is the, the, the Clemson's really been an up and coming program, but BYU was in that championship game with them back in 2021. And then UCLA has been one of those perennial powers um, just throughout uh, the history of just NCAA soccer. Um, there's going to be an exciting tournament. Um, they take, yeah, again, they take on Moorhead State, who Brian Penske says a team that really dominates possession throughout the game and is expecting a competitive game against them as well just to challenge them. Um, and he said, like, I asked him about these first-round games and from your memory, what do you know about these and, like, what can you expect? He's like, honestly, it's kind of been what we've been getting at all year. Every year we get everyone – every all throughout this year we get everyone's best game. He's the Boston College game for his example. It's a, they, it's a Boston College team that was not very good at all, ACC standing-wise, and it gave them – they gave – FSU a lot of trouble in that game and, you know, force them to really make some adjustments in the second half and then pull away. But whoever wins this game um, in the first round will either face Texas A&M and uh, or, and or, no, I'm sorry, excuse me, or, not and or, um, Texas A&M or Colorado. Um, FSU did see the Aggies earlier this year in a 2-1 game on College Station. That was the first game of the season. There will be um, general admission tickets have already gone on sale. Um uh, the first 100 FSU students with the student ID get in for free. I don't know yeah, if you want to get there early if there's FSU students listening. <laughs> but, um, yeah, FSU's really dominated this first round of the NCAA tournament. They're 23-1 all-time. Their only losses in 2004 to Boston and PKs. I mean, uh, it's going to set up to be an exciting postseason, hopefully, for FSU. Um, if they, you know, if they continue to win at home, that's also the nice part about all this. As the number one overall seed in the tournament, they get to host games host every single game up until semifinals, which would be held in Cary, North Carolina, where the ACC tournament was. And they've played a lot of games on that field as well. Um, I know I just did a lot of talking, yeah. so I'll let you jump in here, but it should be an exciting game on Friday for FSU. I think one thing you mentioned is, you know, they're playing A&M. Um, they would, put, they would potentially yeah. Yeah, potentially, yeah. There's a lot of familiarity, potential familiarity, familiarity on their bracket. Um, you know, looking further down, they could, you know, if things shake out right, quarterfinals matchup could be against uh, Notre Dame team. Mm -hmm. It could be against Arkansas, who they played last year in the tournament. Pittsburgh could return here, right. which could be interesting. Um, Pittsburgh is always a good team. Mm -hmm. They're a physical team. They're probably a team that Florida State wants to avoid. We, 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 me, my, uh, myself, Chris, um, me from two four seven, and um, uh, Tim Hoffman, the SID from uh, Florida State, as well, also had a conversation, and I think Chris asked him. He's like. Who, in your opinion, is the best team that you've seen this year? And we all kind of agreed with each other that was Pitt in that first game at home. Just, just how aggressive that they. We really hadn't seen a team this year that really was able to, you know, kind of push Florida State yeah. around like that. They like because I was at the game with you, um, mm -hmm. and I was impressed by Pitt. Yeah, I mean, I talked to the Pitt coach after he's um, only a Guinea's coach. Yes. Um, and Team Nigeria. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So um, he's a nice guy. I covered him last year. They played a tournament to NCT last year. They have. A, Talented team. They're very good. So, yeah, I mean, just looking at this tournament, Florida State's path is not very easy. No, it, it's almost shocking that Pitt drew a seven seed, too. You'd think they might be even higher. Right, right. Um, they made the semi. They played Florida State in the semifinals, right? They did, and they knocked out uh, Carolina, who is, um, oh, God, they're a three. I mean, it's it, it's it's very interesting how the tournament wrap out. And Essen did mention, too, if there's the Notre Dame rematch, possibly. Um, you know, that's a match of the Van Zanten sisters again. Uh uh, Kiki plays for uh, Notre Dame and Mimi plays for uh, FSU, both from my hometown, actually. They went to the other high school, Stevenson. Um, but, I mean, it's we're looking through the field right now. It's an exciting field. Penn State's up there who had a great year. UCLA is always having a good year. Clemson. I don't know if you, Clemson's the number one seed. Clemson's the number one seed, which I was shocked about. But um, I think they're only, they've only lost twice this year, and they've both been to Florida State. Um, 
The other thing, crazy thing about this bracket, too, did you see how many Ivy League schools got in? Yeah, I mean, the, the matchup was clearly the best matchup, clearly. is Quinnipiag against Brown. Quinnipiag against Brown, yeah. I mean, we're going to get our um, – they're going to do the polls for us about who's going to win the tournament, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's them. Yeah, they're going to do – they'll put it all together. Don't worry about it. we got some good brains out there. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, Georgetown. I mean, it's an interesting field, Central Connecticut State, you know. Yeah, see what they do against Penn State. That could be interesting to find out. I don't know. I don't know too much about the entire soccer field. So if there's any upsets or that or not, I don't know. Um, I mean, um, it's cool to see. Um, we talk about Jack's alma mater a lot. So I'm gonna um, give a shout out to my um, alma mater, <laughs> Alabama, because I remember um, when I was at at, um, at Alabama, they hired the new coach and they were trying to figure out the soccer program was an afterthought. The women's soccer program. And last year they made the final four. They lost in um, in the first round in the semifinals, but they made the final four. That was a, a big achievement for them. I think one of my, the coolest takeaways from that was when the Alabama players came into the um, the press conference room after one of the players cracked a joke because they were like like they're playing with house money at that point. They lost, but they were playing with house money, so they were fine. Like you know they they were fine, mm-hmm. but we're moving away from the time. right, 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 right. But um, <laughs> yeah, no. Um, do you have a prediction for this game, Jack? That's a good question. Um, <laughs> man, I just, you know, Brian Penske talked a lot about possession. This Florida State team, in my opinion, like, they're, they're just too good, in my opinion. And I think, uh, I'm going to say it's a, I'm, I'm going to say it's going to be 4 nothing shutout. I think I'm going to agree with you on that. I'm not going to, I think I see, if, I think they score a minimum of three goals. Um, mm. So I, go, I agree with the 4 nothing. I think we're, in agreement that they're just a fun team. Yeah. That's Friday, 5 p.m. Mm-hmm. Um, Seminole Soccer Complex. Seminole Soccer Complex. SSS. SSS. Um, Jack Williams will SSC, be. sorry. <laughs> Jack will be out there to cover that. Mm-hmm. I will be at the men's basketball game, which we'll get to in a second. Yeah. Because first we're going to talk about the women's basketball game. Big, Mom- big game tonight. Tonight. Tomorrow. Yeah, tonight. Tonight. When this will come out, you yeah. guys will hear this. Um, they're playing Tennessee. Yeah, and I put in here. I'm gonna make a joke. You'd only ten. I see Jack. Oh my god! <laughs> you know, I, did you did you make your kneeling joke today at the in Miami? I did not. No, no okay, kneeling well, joke. we might hear something at the end, y'all. So be prepared. No, I said I, he was I limited think, to one per week. I one think I can use the, the only ten. I see joke because you know it's 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 objectively funnier. Anywho, <laughs> <laughs> number eleven team in the country, FSU, I believe, is eighteen right 18, now. Eighteen, eighteen. Yeah. Um, they're very excited to play Tennessee, right? Yeah, no, it's interesting because I asked Brooke about that um, yesterday when we had the Brooke Wyckoff, the FSU head coach, mm-hmm. who thankfully is back and yes. coaching FSU. Yes. We'll talk about great, that in a second. Great but, to see um, her back. But um, it is great to see. Um, you know, like they were just talking about, like, yeah, they were openly talking about like playing Tennessee and how excited they are to see as a test to see where they are. Tennessee's a storied program. Tennessee's been always great. You know, Pat Summit. You think about women's college basketball. You think about women's basketball. Pat Summit is at the summit of your list. <laughs> oh my God, the puns. Yeah, no, you're yeah, right. Though no kneeling jokes, but we just right. have terrible puns for you. Oh God, all the dad jokes. Before before we move on any more, Essen, who is Tennessee's only first round loss in the NCAA tournament? This is a question that's Jack can ask all the time. It's Ball State. Yes, it is Ball State. Their <laughs> only loss under Pat Summit. We have this great photo that we put in our student newspaper when we um, did a story about the 10th anniversary of it. It's the Ball State players celebrating him. You see Pat Summit in the background, and she looks pissed. But, I would be pissed if I lost a Ball State, too. Listen, it was a great moment. <laughs> great, great, great moment. But anyway, yeah. No, it's, 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 it, we're, I mean, we're excited for this game, right? No, of course. Um, mm. We were both out there covering this game tonight. Um. We have a lot of football stuff. We have a lot of things. Um, our editor told us, you know, like, well, he, we could, um, you know, slow the roll of basketball coverage. But both me and Jack are like, no, nah, we're not missing this game. No, they have they have some fantastic matchups this year. I mean, you have Tennessee. You got possibly Stanford. You got UCLA, who's number four in the country. I, that surprised me when I saw that. But I mean, you just go down the list, and then you have to talk about their ACC opponents that are on top of that too. Like, they wanted a hard schedule. Oh my God, they got it this year. Yeah, no, I think, and we talked about this last episode, but this is on purpose. This is the program last year, when Brooks' first year, had heavy turnover. They um, were trying to figure out who they were, their identity. You had a freshman coming in named Tanaya Latson. You know, Tana, who was Tanaya Latson? I'm kidding. She is, she is a baller. She is a baller. She came in, and they were not sure what they had in her. I mean, they had high expectations for her, but I don't think they expected her right. to be a top 10 player in the country. Right away, so right. Um, 
just very promising start from her. And then, um, you know, they got to the tournament last year. Injuries in the second half derailed their season. They lost in the first round to Georgia. Surprise loss. Um, but they are back this year. They have higher expectations. They're, you know, not the hunters anymore. They're the hunted being the top 25. Absolutely. I mean, the big thing that we saw, and I mean, Essen has it up on his docket here too. We're going to talk a little about the season opener here as well. Um, you know, we don't know what, Tania Watson's timeline is right now when she's talking about the hamstring injury. It's day-to-day right now. She didn't play in that home opener against um, Charleston Southern. But, I mean, the big difference that we saw just in game one from this team is that even with Tania Watson out, this team is more than capable of holding its own. I mean, we, I mean, Omira um, Gordon, um, like, the way she has come out and performed, like, into the early season, she was injured at the – Last half of last year, she has put up two 20 plus games. Um, in t- when we were talking about the preseason, one preseason, one, yeah, yeah, 21 like 17 up against Flagler as well. Correct, yeah, 21 points, mm. six assists, and 33 minutes. She was amazing. Um, I like watching Electra's Tucker play. She had 14 points, you know, two steals in her 26 minutes. But um, the number we're gonna go back to, um, Meyer Gordon plus minus of plus 48. <laughs> so when she was on the court, and granted, Charleston Sutherland is not a great program, they're you know. They are what they are. But, yeah, I mean, it's hilarious. They scored 99 points. Just on the court for 40. Like, was that? Part of 48 of them, right? Yeah. And um, Brooke, after the game, was like, yeah, we can do better. <laughs> You're playing without your best player. You're playing, you know, and granted, Charleston Southern, but you right. scored 99 points. You're playing without your best player, and you're like, yeah, we can do better. That tells you what the expectations for this program are. It, it, they're, they're truly, you know, out the roof this year, and this is a team that is, is going to be contending for an ACC championship. And we really saw just the depth of what this team is. I don't know how, I don't know how what the depth really looked like last season, but this season it looks. It's, I mean, just seeing Omira Gordon coming out, and then you talk about the transfers like Amaya Bonner, and you talk about Alexis Tucker too. I mean, Amaya Bonner wasn't her career high before this game, like. Four points. Four points, yeah, that's and crazy. And she had 15 against Charleston Southern. She started because um, Tania Lesson was out, so that was you know nice to see her go out and do that. You know, mm-hmm. you have Lucia Navarro, the freshman from Spain, Carla Vigas from um, Spain as well. She was 3 for 9 shooting. She has a quick release. Great three-point shooter. Great three-point shooter. Um, if you remember correctly, the first time we talked to Sarah Bajetti, she said she called the freshman the best shooter in the world, which, um, which is crazy, but... She was rated as one of the best shooters in the world playing it for Spain. Mm-hmm. So she's a very talented player. Avery Treswell got some playing time, the freshman. Sakaya White, a transfer from um, Jones College, I believe. Mm, yes. Interestingly, I think I told mentioned this to Jack before. I covered her at Central High School in Tuscaloosa when I was an intern at Tuscaloosa. Yes. Oh, really? Did she remember you? She does not remember. No, she knows it's been a while, yeah. Yeah, it's been a while. And, you know, she's obviously had different people cover her. Yeah. She was very young in her career at that point. Mm. So it's kind of interesting. It's full, you know, it can be fun to cover her. Full circle for everybody. Brianna Turnage um, is a brother player that last year kind of played a smaller role. She didn't have a great shooting game. Um, Two points, one of six shooting, but she had eight rebounds in her 16 minutes. So overall, this is a very talented team, a deeper team. Oh, absolutely. Um, If Tanaya plays... So if Tanaya plays, this just gets even deeper. And it's going to be fun to watch against Tennessee. I think if Tanaya plays, they can make you the game. They, can, they, have, a chance, they have a real chance to win that game. Even without Latin, I'd say they have a chance, but you want your best player. It's gonna, yeah, it's gonna, it's gonna be. It's, you know, they're gonna have a chance, but it just gets even heightened when they go up against um, if Tanaya Latin is put into that game. But it should no. be an exciting game. What time is it on Thursday? Six um, o'clock today. Thursday. Today, six o'clock today. Um, I don't know if you guys are hearing this before we come the game, but but you should go watch. You could watch the game. That'd be like, a great game. Go watch the game. Like the women's team is really good. Go watch them play. It is. It is, and they're they're having a lot of exciting. I think Arkansas comes to town as well. Um, I mean, they have a lot of exciting games in their docket. This is going to be a good team. Um, but yeah, no, that's the women's team, and the men are going to be in action for the first time officially. Officially, um, they've had a couple preseason games as well. Um, mm-hmm. Let me pull up the scores. They beat Valdosta um, State. Valdosta ninety sixty seven. A little bit more of a struggle against um, Flagler. Flagler, mm-hmm. where they had they struggled in the first half, but they pulled away late. Had a really long run late. The nineteen, I have it in my notes, or nineteen three over the final six minutes of the game. Ninety seventy four final preseason. Um, you know, I think we both came away impressed with um, Jameer. Jameer. Howard. 
Jameer Watkins. Jameer Watkins, excuse me. Yeah, he's a BCU transfer. Um, he had a pretty good game, eighteen point six rebounds. Mm-hmm. Um, they debut at Florida State. Yeah, he, I I was able to talk to him with the preview that will be out today. Honestly, um, I have not written it yet as of Wednesday, but um, he talked a lot about how we transferred to VCU from VCU to FSU. Talked about you know he likes the system that and the opportunities that um. Uh, Coach Hamilton gives them and stuff like that, and be able to you know play a little bit more of their own game as well. He also talked about the success they have at VCU because VCU is a very successful A10 team. Um, about you know the defensive system is very similar to there as it is you know to Florida State, and, and so far we've seen as a player he's really gelled no, I mean, well early on. We, me and you sat down with um, Coach Ham yesterday. Yeah, um, and he mentioned you know um, they have a couple of players out, including Chandler Jackson, who usually plays point guard. Um, and so. They asked Watkins, like, hey, you're going to have to play a little more point guard. And just looking at your stats against um, Valdosta State, neither of us were, made, were able to make that game. Jack was traveling from Pittsburgh. I was dropped. My girlfriend came to visit last weekend. I had to drop her off in Orlando. Mm-hmm. Um, but So neither of us made it to the game. But um, looking at the stats, like, um, he had 19 points, 10 rebounds, 6 assists, you know, near triple-double. He had 6 steals as well. Right. So playing that point guard role, which he has not done much, Ham mentioned, like, you know, he's adjusting well to that. Doing well there, so it's been interesting to see. We'll see how he does, you know, as the season goes on. Mm-hmm. Um, Baba Miller is a player who's um, I talked to. Um, always an always a big name. Josh Nickelberry yesterday. We we'll have a feature on him in a couple of weeks. Um, it's gonna be a fun feature, but you know, family feature. Mm-hmm. We good Thanksgiving feature. You know? <laughs> right, right, right. But um, he talked about just how you know the growth he since from Baba Miller since he got here. Mm-hmm. Um, Baba Miller is one of the main returners. You know, last year was a guy. Who people saw as a lottery pick, just never got going. Um, had the unjust suspension, mm. where he started the season um, having to send the um, for. You know, we're not going to get too far into it. Yeah, it was just yeah, like you said, it was very unjust. Very unjust. Like mm. he deserved better. He should have played earlier, but had some things come up. But he's a very talented player. We've seen Taylor Bowen, um, who is a um, very talented, another talented player. Freshman, so there's this team has some talent. Deontay Green is coming back from injury. Jalen Ganey, Hamilton told us yesterday, is going to be out for a little bit. Mm-hmm. He nursing a knee injury he had last year before the season started, so his FSU debut is going to wait a little bit. But yeah, I mean, I'm excited to see Josh Nickelberry and Darren Green on the court together. Two players, both from North Carolina, who didn't know each other because they were far enough apart, but now they're playing the other day, bond over North Carolina. Big-time basketball state. Big-time basketball state, and mm-hmm. they both are great shooters. They're going to sp- spread the floor. Mm-hmm. They're going to be key players. Cameron Fletcher, last year, see, his season ended last year prematurely, but he's back and playing. I don't know. It's un- I don't know what the Florida State team is going to look like, what it's going to be at the end of the year, mm-hmm. but they have a ton of talent. Right. It's just a matter of putting together. They have a good system. That Leonard Hamilton, you know, you see the banners in the um, right in the Tuck Center in, or in the practice um, center as well. IPF, like, mm-hmm. there's a ton of talent. I mean, ton of um, um, resume, ton of like you know, credentials. But that Hamilton has, he's a great coach. A lot of accomplishments. A lot of accomplishments. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we'll eventually get to the right yeah. word. Just join us for the mumbling. <laughs> But they have a ton of talent there, um, so it's made fun to see what the team can be. Mm-hmm. As um, I've been told multiple times, it can't be worse than last season. <laughs> right, right, right. The last season was, was, it was not well. good. It was not good. No, but mm. it's going to be an interesting team. We'll see if they can start off the season the right way. But that's at 6 o'clock Friday. Mm-hmm. Fans yeah, are gonna have to choose between the soccer match and the right, right, game. right. It's gonna be a, it's gonna be a fun choice for them. <laughs> I think we talked about this earlier. What was your t- takeaway from what Hamilton said yesterday to us when we sat down with him? I think it was just, it was a little kind of standout-ish to me was that I think the big thing was, one of the interesting things that he said was that he's trying to adjust to their, um, he's trying to adjust to their pace and trying to adjust to how exhausted he can make them because, well, not exhausted he can make them, but like like how much he can get out of them effort-wise and, and stuff like that because he said, um, I think it was the Valdosta State game. He he said they came back to the bench. And he's like, "Well, do you guys have anything to say?" And they couldn't say anything because they were so out of breath and stuff like that, and so tired and stuff like that. So that said, that said, he said that's something that they were getting adjusted to right now. And he also mentioned the other thing that was like, like slightly concerning was about the um that he mentioned that they were still learning, 
and it, it's like the first game of the season's coming up and stuff like that. Like they mentioned, yeah, there's new players in the rosters, young players and stuff like that. But at the same time, yeah, he mentioned like, like well, we're still trying to learn and adjust to things. And I was like, okay, we'll see how it goes. Like it might not be as crazy as like I'm making it sound right now. So like they might just be doing something we're learning on the fly, but sort of a system in place. That's probably most likely what it is. But yeah, you just, but you just mentioned that there's a lot of learning and adapting. There's a lot. Going on. It's a tough system. It's gonna take a while. To- fully get down mm-hmm. so um yeah i mean also it's funny just reading jack's notification um he t- this is going to <laughs> mention this we'll backtrack a little to soccer yeah uh, we'll backtrack to soccer in a second but mm-hmm. um we'll finish up basketball with um i've got to cover Ham- um, leonard hamilton for a year jack had this first sit down with leonard hamilton and what were you know what was <laughs> you mentioned like you know he's an int- intimidating person on the court but off the court like you're talking to him very nice guy. I mean, I mentioned, yeah, I mean, uh, the, my only ever experience I ever had with him was um, I t- watching him on TV, and he's very quiet. He kind of just he stand, he stands there. He's very quiet and very stern. And I was, you know, I, I told him that, like, after we talked, I was like, not going to lie, I was kind of scared of him. And then we went to go sit down with him, and he's like, hey, how are you guys? And, like, very <laughs> conversational and very, like, like even, like, me, who is still answering some, asking some questions of kind of just understanding things. He's very much, like, Breaking forth, well, this is how we're doing things like that. Very friendly man, very, very, you know, just a just a nice guy. So like, it was it was good to talk to him as well. He comes off as a lot scarier <laughs> from that coaching perspective as versus when we're talking to him. A yeah. lot, of, it's kind of noticed that with a lot of basketball coaches, you know, if they're on the court, like their court persona is almost opposite to what they are um, outside definitely, of it. Definitely. Um, well, um, you know, that's basketball. We have that, we'll have that game covered. Jack will cover the women's um, soccer game. Friday, there's a lot going on. Thursday, obviously, woman, um, da, da, da. Um, will be a uh, but Wednesday is um, National Signing Day. Yes, the beginning of National Signing Day, mm-hmm. and FSU has had some, you know, announced one basketball sign, men's basketball signing. There's been a couple of softball signings. This is a player that has not yet um, signed, as far as we know. Yeah, we we don't know if she's signed yet, but I mean. This is something that FSU fans should get excited about. Absolutely, in the soccer sense. Her name is Rihanna, Rihanna, right? That looks right. Right, Rihanna Hudson from Greece at Athena. That's a name. Greece Athena High School in Rochester, New York. She is 6'1". And there's, <laughs> keep watching this highlight video over and over again. It is ridiculous. She is 6'1". We watch a video where she just breaks the ankles of four different defenders right in front of the net and then buries the ball right after. She is towering over her high school teammates in this video. And we I, we just got a comment. I just got a comment on this post. If you guys want to see the video, <laughs> keep pulling these comments up. If you want to see this video, I put it up on uh, my Twitter account, Jack G. Williams. It will pop up. But um. Someone said her and Dudley on the same pitch. It ain't even fair. It truly is. The only thing is, I've not tweeted that, but I said that to you earlier. I'm like, imagine her and Dudley on the court, uh, on the on the pitch together. Uh-huh. And it, both people have said that it's gonna, it's gonna be fun. It's it, it truly. We had another comment under here that says sidelines. Put her on the pitch. Hudson and Dudley. Phew. And it's a picture. I think that's Prince. Yeah. That says Lord, Lord have mercy. mercy. <laughs> she is. It's it, it's always interesting to see how players adjust to the college level. By I mean, this someone with her. Height and speed, and Dudley's height and speed. It's gonna fit. It's oh my fair. god! That yeah, it's not. It really isn't fair, honestly. It, they're they're gonna be good. Next. They're gonna be good for years and years to come. Definitely, but definitely. That, Brian Patsy's a great coach. Absolutely. Um, um yeah. I mean, they went undefeated in the regular season. That's ridiculous. You know. Um, I mean, we um we heard after the interview too. We got the uh, Beata Olson today, and um she told she said she's not too sure what she's doing next and stuff like that. Um, but she said uh. Uh, you can really see Brian's systems being put into place now. She's like, it kind of makes me sad that I'm not going to be a part of seeing that come to full fruition. She's like, but she said that you can see his system being put into place now, and it's really, really exciting to see and compliment at how good of a coach he is. And I mean, I mean, it, it, this could be a we're in the postseason right now for soccer, so we could truly see what's going to happen here. But there is a lot of exciting things going on with the soccer. Definitely team. not. Beata Olson was the player I first talked to for soccer beat when I took over the last year. So wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. great person to talk to. Um, mm-hmm. And last thing we'll talk about today is um, we're going to volleyball. Yes, last Sunday I believe it was. It's a team that's getting a lot of attention right now. Florida State hosted, I think it was number nine. Is that correct? Number nine, Pittsburgh. Yes, I mean. 
even if you if you guys know NCAA volleyball, Pitt is one of those teams that is up there every single year. They are one of the best teams in the nation constantly. These are the new rankings that came out, I believe. Right now, they're ranked seven in the country. Um, they might have been a little higher, honestly, last time, but um, they're they coming into the game they had against Florida State recently. I believe they were twenty-one and three. And FSU, um, we've watched FSU play some pretty good games with the volleyball team. Um, Florida, I believe, was a top three team at the time. They took them to five sets. Uh, and FSU this weekend got it done against uh, Pitt in five sets, 25-18, 25-21. They took a 2 nothing lead went and then went down to tie it. It ended up getting tied at 2, 25-23, 25-18. Hold it out in extra points. In the fifth set, 16 of 14. This is a very this is another team that's really starting to turn the tides um in the volleyball program. FSU granted is a team that makes the tournament every year, but they are, you know, they're knocking on the door of being elite. Mm-hmm, honestly. Mm-hmm. 20, we received 22 votes in the top 25 poll, I believe it was. Right. So just outside the top 25, they are um t- in a ooh, that's oh a t- my that's god. One, two, three, four-way tie with um Pitt, Louisville, and Georgia Tech for first, first in ACC. Standings, they're 18 and 8 over on the season. I didn't know Georgia Tech was that good. Oh my God. Um, Jack and I will probably um, make it out on Sunday. We're going to work overtime for you guys to give you like a look at. Um, they're playing Miami, who is 16 and 8, 9 and 5 in ACC play. We'll look at that match. You know, they play at 1 p.m. Mm-hmm. They are a fun team. I did a feature earlier on, um, you know, Coach Poole reached 8,800 career wins. 8,000 would be a lot. Right. Oh my 800 God. 800 career wins. Um, great coach. I love talking to Poole. I think um, our editor Jim Henry is going to talk to him later and do a column on him. Give me, um, should be fun. They've done really well. They've have been a fun team. This is a team that's creating a lot of commotion right now. I mean, they, and like I've said before, the volleyball program has had you know is, is usually good most years and stuff like that. But like they're really ramping up to be you know we really could see you know what they're doing this season. But we really could see if they continue this trend, they could be in that close conversation with you know Pitt and. Florida and Nebraska and stuff like that. Like we're seeing some of the stuff, like just pulling up some of the stat lines right here as well. Um, you know, Audrey, and I'm sorry, I'm sorry for pronouncing this. Audrey Koenig, she's 304 kills on the year. Um, looking at some of these other stats as well. Let's look at some dig numbers. Uh, Kylene Filmua, Filmua, 265 digs. Um, you know, we have another um, Audrey Koenig. She has a 231 digs. You know, this is a good team. This is this is a team that's really rocking and rocking and rolling lately. <laughs> yeah, no, um, I think looking at the stats, you know, I did a feature earlier on Kenna Phelan, who is a freshman, mm-hmm. who um, Coach Poole coached her mother at Arkansas. So you know, full circle. That's a first um, daughter son um, daughter son uh, mother's daughter combo he's ever coached in his career. His long prestigious career. So it's kind of interesting. I was looking at their – they won 13 of 15 of their last matches. Their Man. two losses were against Georgia Tech in five and Louisville in three. But um, they're on fire right now. They're looking really good. I mean, that's even saying something in its own stuff. Louisville's number five in the country, and then Georgia Tech is number eight in the country. So, yeah, their last two losses have been against five and eight. Their win against the number seven, like, this is a talented team. It is. It truly is. I mean – I don't know if Auburn is on there. Auburn's 24th in the country. Florida's 21st in the country. Those are also losses. I mean, these losses, um, even if they're losses, too, these are two, some good teams. I mean, this team is this is team special, and, and this is another team that's going to be really excited to see what they're going to do in the postseason. I don't know I don't know how NCAA volleyball, like, hosting and stuff like that work. I don't know. We saw the ACC tournament go through. That's so. true. That's true. So I don't know if um the postseason will make it to Tully Gym or yeah, not. Yeah, they play but... Syracuse Friday at 6 p.m. in Syracuse. They have home matches against um Miami and Chicago State coming up um Sunday. And then that's Friday. They go to UNC on the 19th. And then 25th, they um, will, will be in Ga- um, Gainesville. We will be in Gainesville. They will be at home against Notre Dame at 2 p.m. So They close up the season, regular yeah. season, and then ACC tournament, then the tournament. So Do you know if it's in a neutral location or is it the higher seeds? No, I'm not 100% sure. Okay, we'll, I mean, we'll, I ever, we'll we'll have asking for, on the fly. Yeah. We'll have more information for you guys on volleyball next week. Right. Um, we'll be out of the match. You know, it's hard to get to, like, everything during the season. Mm. During football season, because football is king, as you guys know. Right. Um, but we will have we will we have some fresh information from volleyball. We'll you know have some, talk some stuff next week. But um, 
I think that's going to wrap us up for this week, Jack. Yeah, absolutely. Um, where can they find us on social media? Yeah, of course. You can find all of our stuff at Knoll Sports um, on Twitter slash X or on Facebook. It's Knoll Sports. Um, I think on Facebook, it's actually Florida State Seminoles on KnollSports.com. Um, Instagram is TLH. T T L H right yeah T L H I was doing that wrong last time I was switching letters T L H Noel Sports my personal Twitter where you can see that video of um, the newest Florida State commit that is at Jack G Williams on Twitter uh, slash X and then S and Cosim S and underscore Cosim on Twitter slash X but yeah that's just about it um, yeah and you can find all of our content um, most more part all of our contents on Tallahassee.com and Noel Sports section on Tallahassee.com too but yeah, that's all I got. Thank you guys for joining us for another episode. Yeah. Thank you guys. We appreciate you guys. Um, you know, like and subscribe. We have Seminole Script up on the top of the, you know, on the Seminole Script page with the round table. You can find this podcast on Spotify, Apple, wherever you find your podcast, I guess. Right, you know? right. Um, but yeah, I mean, please like and subscribe and share. We love when you guys support us and thank you guys so much. Yes, thank you guys.